This episode is brought to you by RV Share. RV Share provides RV rentals, motorhomes, and camper rentals directly from local owners. You can rent an RV for your next camping trip, go on a tour of all the amazing national parks, or even visit Disneyland on a budget. Each rental comes with worry-free guarantee protection for your trip, so you're covered every step of the way. Plus, you get 24-7 emergency roadside assistance on every booking. Don't have a truck to pull an RV? No problem. You'll find the best RV rental specials in your area with a wide range of inventory from affordable pop-ups to luxury motorhomes. You can even book a rental that is budget-friendly with prices ranging from just $50 per night. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com slash RVShare to rent your next RV and save up to 25% on travel costs. Did you know Colorado is home to the longest continuous street in America? At 26 and a half miles long, Colfax Avenue in Denver is the longest continuous commercial street in the entire United States. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. Today is going to be a really fun episode because we're talking about planning a trip to Denver. So if you only had 48 hours to spend there, where would you go, what would you eat, and what would you do? And of course, this is what we're recommending because we live near Denver and really enjoy all of these places. But before we jump into everything that we're talking about, I do want to give a quick, huge thank you to a couple of different people. So first off, I want to thank my colleague and friend, Elise Bloom. She did give us a lot of great recommendations and uh, some of her favorite places to eat in Denver, some of which crossed over to things we were going to mention anyway, plus some other new ones. So we'll be sure to mention Elise's website and how you can find out more about her and what she does as a Denver native as well. And I also want to thank my cousin and her husband, Jonna and Donnie. You guys both helped us out a lot. With Denver, you guys both live in Denver and are always been right around and enjoying everything that Denver has to offer. So thank you guys all for the suggestions. Yes, like I said, we'll mention uh, all of the links to the websites and things that you can find out more over at hashtag coloradolife.com. So let's talk about how we got to know Denver and the different things that we like about it. I was originally, as you know, from Colorado Springs, so Denver was only 60 minutes away. My parents and I, we'd come up for like basketball games, baseball games, go see the Broncos, stuff like that. So we'd come up every once in a while, but not a lot. My parents always tried to avoid the crowds that Denver always seems to have. But I would come up here a lot when I was a little bit older, when I started getting into my teens and then especially into my 20s. It used to take 60 minutes to get there. Actually, it's like 52 minutes if there's no traffic, really. And and like now, it's like an hour and a half to get to Denver yeah. from the Springs. Yeah. Yeah, the crowds are definitely getting more and the traffic is getting more intense as well. Definitely. We also lived in the Aurora um, area, which is a suburb of Denver back in 2013. We lived there for about six months. And we were able to really explore some of what Denver has to offer and all the different really cool places. So we're going to be sharing some of those. Um, also, we go there every couple of months. Um, we actually just went to Denver last week to celebrate your birthday, Ryan, mm-hmm. which was really fun. And it has a lot of really great places to see, things to do, um, shops, restaurants, everything. So it's going to be fun. It's like any other sort of big city, any sort of capital. So there's going to be lots to do and lots to see. But we also explored it a lot when we were living in Boulder. 
which again is about 30 minutes uh, northwest of Denver. So we would come down pretty often and we would always be exploring uh, Denver. We loved it. So there's multiple ways you can uh, get to Denver if you live in the state and you want to just visit the city. You can also get there from flying in from another state. So the Denver International Airport is a really awesome airport. It's actually one of our favorites to fly in and out of, but it is actually pretty far away from the city and from downtown. So let's talk about some ways to get to Denver if you're coming in from the airport. So you can take the train uh, from DIA to downtown, the Union, Denver's Union Station, actually. It takes a little more than a half an hour, and it'll run you about 10 bucks, which isn't too bad. Um, you can also always just get a taxi, which is going to be a lot more expensive and could be a hair-raising yeah. experience depending on the traffic. In addition to a taxi, of course, a Uber is a great option or a Lyft or whatever you're interested in taking, but it is more expensive. Instead of talking about the best hotels to stay in in Denver, we're going to talk about the best places or the best areas. Um, and there's actually three top areas that you may want to stay in or look at when you're visiting Denver. Well, it's not necessarily that it's the best places. Denver's big. We could go into yeah. an episode for hours and hours and not even cover, scratch the surface of Denver at all. So we kind of picked some of our favorite three places in Denver that are all like relatively central, easy to get to, and have some really cool things to offer. Yeah, so these are sort of like neighborhoods. Yep. Um, the Highlands neighborhood is the first one on our list. It's west. It's on the west side of I-25 across from downtown Denver. And it, it totally lives up to its name. It's got a lot of hills and views of the mountains. Um, it's really quirky and cute. It has these really small streets and sort of turn-of-the-century homes. Lots of really fun restaurants and stuff like that. So if you're looking something that is close to downtown, but maybe not like the hustle and bustle and noise of downtown, definitely check out the Highlands area. Yeah. Next, there's, of course, downtown. Really cool. 16th Street Mall is right there. This is where you're really going to feel like you're in the thick of it. Um, there's going to be restaurants everywhere. There's going to be things to do constantly. I mean, I'm sure that if you wanted a lobster at 2 in the morning, you could find a place in downtown Denver mm -hmm. to be able to get a lobster. You feel like you're really in the center of the city. And 16th Street Mall is really cool because it's an outdoor mall where mm -hmm. you basically walk up and down the streets. You can also ride the little um, trolley that goes up and down. And there's tons of chain restaurants as well as local restaurants there. Um, Moe's Bagels is downtown on 16th Street Mall, by the way. Yeah. If you're interested in bagels, it's super good. They make their own cream cheese. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's lots of different local stuff as well as chains and lots of really great um, restaurants as well as hotels in the area um, that you can stay at. So there's just a plethora of options there. And finally, our third um, option of best places to stay is the Rhino District. So this is R-I-N-O. And it's a very up-and-coming and developing area. It's very artsy. There's a lot of art murals, um, flea markets in the area. It's kind of hipster. It's got this uptown vibe. And there's a lot of things to do in that area, but it's less full of like a chain, like you won't really find like a Hilton or a Hyatt or something there. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of quirky hotels and restaurants and stuff that you can visit and stay at. Yeah, it's just a little bit north of downtown, like you'll suddenly pass, I think it kind of like is past the Coors Field, the baseball field. Yeah, exactly what you said. It's a lot of older homes, but it's a lot of gentrification right now. So mm -hmm. there is a lot of things happening and moving into there. And it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years what's going to happen and how it's going to develop. 
Yeah. So before we dive into day one of our 48 hours in Denver, I do want to mention that we also have a 48 hours in Boulder episode that we recorded a few uh, episodes ago. So if you're interested in hearing about that, you can definitely check out that episode. This one is going to be solely focused on the Denver area. Mm -hmm. Let's hit day one. What would we do? How would we start out? What would our morning, one of our, what would we have for breakfast? What do you think? Well, definitely want to just take a second and say that, you know, if you've never been to Denver before, or if you haven't visited in a long time, it will take a little getting used to the elevation here. So if you're super prone to getting altitude sickness or anything like I usually was when I would visit Denver or live here, um, take your time, rest a lot, drink a lot of water, pace yourself throughout the next two days. And that's kind of how we have created this itinerary is very like low key and just fun and nothing super intense. So yeah, don't push it. Yeah. If you're feeling kind of icky and you feel like the altitude is getting to you, kind of take Drink it easy. a lot of water. Yeah, water, number one. <laughs> um, so, the first place to grab breakfast that we recommend is La Fayette uh, Bakery, which is a French-inspired bakery. They actually make their own croissants and macaroons and other baked goods in-house, and it is delicious. Yeah. This came very highly recommended. There's Racine's. Um, it's been a Denver favorite for everything from breakfast all the way to late night stuff since 1983. So it's been a pretty established place for a long while. They have a really big menu, lots of options, and they also have a completely separate gluten-free me- uh, menu if that's what you need. A good place to go if you are looking for that non-gluten stuff. And no episode of ours would be complete without mentioning snooze eatery which is a really great breakfast place um started in denver and that one of their first restaurants is actually in denver and my favorite thing from the menu is the pineapple upside down cake pancake cake (laughs) it's so good it's really delicious you don't even need syrup there a lot they have a lot of seasonal stuff so the pineapple upside down pancake actually is on their menu usually all year round but you can find other stuff like right now in the fall when we're recording this you can get like pumpkin pancakes and all kinds of um, pumpkin and spice and other things that are related to like apples and different Mm -hmm. things like that on the menu it's really good and then me i'm like the way that i judge a place for brunch is how good's it's hollandaise and their hollandaise is good. Excellent, yeah. Let's move on to morning activities. So taking it easy, kind of, ride around on an electric scooter. You can really get around the city without physically exerting yourself. Take it really easy and be able to see a lot of the area. Yeah, it's been kind of cool. We went to, we were in the Highland District not too long ago, and we were walking, and there's just like a ton of people just riding around on scooters. It mm-hmm. was, it seems like a more recent development, It's but it's cool. I, I, I want to get one. I want a scooter. Yeah. Um, another suggestion is to walk around Sloan's Lake. This is actually in the Highlands in Denver. You can actually see downtown Denver from the lake. It's very flat. You just can do like a one or two loop around the entire lake uh, if you want. And so it's really easy going. There's a lot of geese there. So beware of that. I personally do not like birds for the most part. And sometimes <laughs> geese can be really annoying and then they can kind of like be aggressive. But whatever, these ones are actually really nice. So it's not too bad. They're the only mean Canadians. Yeah. Geese. Exactly. (laughs) So this isn't necessarily in Denver, but it is something that is very iconic for the area. And it's something that we really encourage people to do. Um, But if you're not willing for down for hike, then avoid this. But I would suggest Red Rock Amphitheater. It's so cool. It's a natural amphitheater, just the shape and the way that the rocks are sloped and laid out. They have put in like seating and you'll see a ton of shows there, Um, like concerts, mm-hmm. comedians, and everything. But you can go there in the middle of the day and just walk around for free. It is 
awesome. They even have yoga on the rocks there throughout the summertime and early fall. So if you're coming during those seasons, you can check out a lot of other activities besides just, you know, a concert or whatever. And it's a great place to hike, too. So it's near Morrison, Colorado. So that's definitely something that you will um, you can check out. And there's some restaurants and local stuff to do in the area. Morrison is actually a really cute town, by the way. Yeah. So (laughs) Um, moving on to lunchtime on day one. Uh, We suggest checking out the new Denver Milk Market. This is a um, new sort of area that has recently developed in 2019 with a lot of different food vendors, and it has like this market-like atmosphere, and it's only a few blocks from Union Station. They have an all-local mix of takeaway and dine-in restaurants, bars, and it's run by uh, Colorado chef Frank Bonanno. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of really cool art installations and 3D um, art things that are on the walls and sidewalks and stuff like that because the area was initially it's called the the dairy block because Mm -hmm. there used to be a um denver company from like the early 1900s that you know settled there and had their huge company here in denver and so this whole milk market area has a lot like you'll see the word moo or you'll see like um, milk everywhere and stuff like that but not all of the food is necessarily dairy Mm -hmm. it's just that that's what the area used to be known for yeah There is also Uncle's Ramen. Some of our friends will visit Denver just to eat here, and it's like the place that they will go to. Um, Ramen, you know, everybody knows what ramen is, but they take this to a whole new level. There's two locations. There's one up north, one down south, uh, and they really focus on some Asian flavors with a lot of, like, Colorado ingredients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good and came highly recommended as well. Like you said, some people I talked to (laughs) would fly into Denver just to eat at this place. Right, when we were at our conference, we were talking to two ladies next to us, and they were like, it was the first thing we hit last night. Yep. That's just what they had to do. Understandably, though. Yeah. We personally love hitting up any sort of barbecue or, um, you know, anything having to do with meat. Colorado is very big on the game scene, the meat and game scene. So check out Brothers Barbecue. They were actually featured on one of the episodes of the Travel Channel Network. And it was started by two brothers who live in Denver who were actually vegetarians growing up. <laughs> and then the first time they tried meat, essentially, they loved it. Yeah. So they, they were talking about how they would hide bar- or beef jerky underneath their beds Beds, and stuff as kids so (laughs) yeah so the uh, brothers barbecue is really good they have a wide variety of you know um, sauces and stuff because you can either get the the kansas style or like the southern style it can Mm -hmm. be sweet or spicy or whatever um highly recommend trying the burnt ends oh my gosh it melts in your mouth yeah and you gotta get there earlier otherwise it's gone sold out yeah yeah another barbecue place they are not necessarily a chain but they have multiple locations is moe's barbecue um, Not to be to, confused with Moe's Bagels. That's true. Different company. But we would go to the one up in Boulder, and we loved it. I mean, I've never been excited about turkey, but yeah. I would get excited about Moe's Barbecue Turkey. Smoked turkey, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, they have a location in Denver as well, Moe's Barbecue. We love going there. Yeah. After lunch, I would totally head over to uh, the city park, or just it's just called City Park, and you could walk around the lake, you could just enjoy being outside, hang out in the grass. Um, the actual Denver Zoo and the Denver Museum of Nature and Science are actually located in this park, too. So you could hit either, if not both of those things, as well. It's like when we lived in Boulder and the park across the street was called Parkside Park. Parkside Park, yeah. City Park you Go to the Denver. city park. No, it's just city park, yeah. <laughs> Another place you can hit up after lunch is Titulia, which is afternoon tea and coffee. And they actually have tea that is made and produced in Denver that's carbonated. And it's all natural. And it's really good. It's unsweetened. 
with fruit flavors. They have lots of different options, and their coffee is really good, too. Yeah, it was interesting to try carbonated tea for the first time because it's one of those things that you don't, don't expect. expect. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to dinner, this one is going to be my jam, but absolutely go to Bamboo Sushi. Bamboo Sushi is unique because they try to keep 100% of their food as 100% sustainable. So everything that they get, um, it comes from places where they can continue getting this without hurting the ecosystem. And I think that's a really important practice. As a chef, I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. But it isn't just them like using sustainable food. It's them having outrageously good fish. It is so fresh and they have such a unique take on pretty much all of their stuff. You can totally like go order just the nigiri and you can get it a special way that they recommend and it'll come with all these accoutrements and special things that come on top. And it totally just, ex uh, it totally just changes your, the entire experience of going to get sushi. I love it. Whenever we go to Denver, try to hit that place. Yeah, I will say that it is a bit chefy, and I'll do air quotes there, because mm -hmm. they do try a lot of different things that are mixed with other ingredients you wouldn't expect. And then when they bring it out to you, they explain everything that's in it. And so we took my parents here once, and it was very like, okay, we don't know what any of those yeah, things are. Yeah, could have been speaking Cantonese. And so it's really good, and it's a great experience to try. They also, if you're not interested in sushi, they also have a really great um, Wagyu burger. Um, which is amazing. So, um, you know, you can have some cooked meat instead of raw fish. One thing I want to highlight about Bamboo Sushi, though, that I love is you can go in there and you can tell them, uh, I want to spend about 60 bucks, just take care of everything. And they mm -hmm. will just bring out dishes. Chef's recommendations, yeah. yeah. And you don't even have to think. Next up on the list is Hop Alley, which is actually a sister restaurant to Uncle's Ramen. If it's going to be a, any sort of relation to Uncle's Ramen, you know it's going to be good. I heard that the atmosphere at Hop Alley is a bit more relaxed and fun, whereas Uncle's Ramen, they take their ramen really seriously, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's also the Monaco Inn, uh, and they're known for, God, I can't believe I'm going to try to pronounce this, Avgolomeno soup, Avgolomeno, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it's a Greek soup because it's a Greek restaurant. Yeah, and we've been, it's, they thicken their soup with egg yolks, which is very unique delicious place yeah definitely want to try the greek lemon chicken it's really good and the greek potatoes too mm -hmm. so after dinner uh i would absolutely hit the d bar we love to go to the d bar it stands for a dessert bar and we've gone there a couple times and mm -hmm. we've taken friends that have been in town up there to visit they used to be pretty much 100 percent focused on desserts and that still is very much their focus yeah, we actually went to their original location, which was really small and mm -hmm. off the beaten path. And they have since moved and expanded, and it's a giant restaurant now. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've ordered is the Razzle Dazzle, which you super loved, Ryan. And it's actually on there right now on yeah. the menu. Their seasonal menu. Yeah, it's Razzle Dazzle, and it's 100% raspberries and everything raspberry that you can imagine. And some lemon. And some it's lemon. really good. And the milk and cookies is really good, too. So it's it's obviously like... They bring you homemade cookies. It's not just, you know, out of the bag or something. Open some chips ahoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, later in the night, you can check out a jazz show or the nightlife on the Dairy Block, which is in the Milk Market, which is a new section of downtown Denver. Lots of cool bars in the alleyway and lots of options there. 
Another thing you could do is check out 16th Street Mall at night. It has all these lights and the trolley and everything. It's really cool. They have a piano down there that a lot of people sometimes will be playing the piano, you know, for tips and things like that. So lots of things to do. Just kind of walk around. You can kind of walk off the day of eating, Mm -hmm. I guess. And a really cool store that we really, we really, we love the store. We try to shop here a lot, but uh, it's called Uniglow. And the best way I can describe it is... The clothing version of Ikea, mm-hmm. but it's really good, high-quality stuff, really comfortable. We love that clo- that clothing line. It's a Japanese store that is also in Denver, and it is really popular. Um, they have very nice stuff for winter. Yeah, definitely. And it's really soft, and it's it's really got this cool like technology in it to keep you warm, and it's great. So a suggestion for where to spend the night here if you're staying in downtown Denver uh, is the Crawford Hotel, which is actually inside Union Station. And we also recommend checking out Union Station. We're going to talk about that more for day two here in a second. Um, But it originally opened in 1881, and it is one of Denver's most important historical landmarks and one of the most beautiful buildings downtown, I think. Yeah. Yeah, It's really cool. So moving on to day two. So after a restful night... First thing I would do is I would hit the Denver Biscuit Company. Uh, They actually started as a food truck. I don't know how they managed to get all of these biscuits out, but yeah, they started as a food truck, and they have outrageous biscuits. They're really good. You can't go wrong with just biscuits and gravy. They're like the size of your head. That's saying something. (laughs) They really do. They're well known for their sandwiches, like their biscuit sandwiches, which are like nothing else. I mean, it's like fried chicken with bacon and egg and cheddar cheese on a in between a giant biscuit with like syrup on it or gravy yeah. or something mm-hmm. it is just like so over the top um also another thing we recommend is checking out their giant cinnamon roll and adding bacon to it yeah just go hog wild mm-hmm. literally ah, <laughs> that was good <laughs> Um, A next breakfast option is actually in Union Station. It's called Pig Train Coffee. They have amazing coffee we've gotten when we've been there. It's really good, um, especially if you're staying at the Crawford Hotel in Union Station. So you can get the full experience. And across back into Highland, uh, there's the Wooden Spoon. It's a little French-inspired place. Uh, They have a lot of pastries and a lot of little brunch options and constantly have a rotating menu of seasonal stuff. Mm -hmm. And I always love myself a good quiche. Yeah, it's really good. It's a family-run business that was actually started in 2010. Mm -hmm. After breakfast, you can get some really good coffee at Amethyst Coffee. They have multiple locations in Denver, so you should be able to find a cool spot. Um, It has a really cool vibe. They're very they're trying to be very open and like accepting of any you know any ideas and have a place to really come and have some great coffee and great conversation. After breakfast, you might want to take it easier a little bit, or maybe walk some of it off. And I would hit the botanical gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, just go a little bit east. The botanic gardens are cool. I mean, they're botanic gardens. Seeing all this glowing and growing things, it's it's a very fun experience. It's usually kind of busy, but it's very nice. It's a really nice oasis in the middle of the city. And it's really funny because you can go to like the Japanese water gardens and all these places. They have different sections in the gardens there. And it's like above... You know, next to this really amazing garden are all of the apartment buildings and yeah. stuff. So it's a really unique experience. And those people who have like a balcony looking over the gardens mm-hmm. probably have it pretty nice. It's nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also the Denver Mint, which has some free tours. So there's three mints in the country, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Denver. You can totally tour the one here in Denver and find out how our money is made. It's It's cool. It really is. So after you have been out all morning... I would absolutely go to Avanti for lunch. 
Um, they're called Avanti Food and Beverage, and it's a really cool place, and it's very unique. Um, I guess the closest thing that I could say it is akin to would be a food truck. They have all these stalls and all these places that they have, like, these mini restaurants that come in, and they stay there for six months to a year, and they kind of, like, practice their concepts before going mm -hmm. out into, like, the real world and making their own, like, restaurants. So it's a cool place to go to to try a variety of food and see what, like, locals and what people are really, like, experimenting with. Yeah, it's basically a bunch of food trucks all in one place. So the recommendations that we're going to share may not be there when you're, you know, coming mm -hmm. to see it in a if it's a few years from now or something. Um, but the top ones right now are Bistro Georgette. They have the best sugar chocolate chip cookie ever. So definitely try that out. And Quick Fish Poke Bar, yeah. which is, of course, poke, which we love raw fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, another suggestion is if you're into um, pizza and beer, but like you want a little bit of a, you know, upscale version of it is check out Hops and Pie. That is a local beer and pizzas joint here in Denver. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also Blue Pan Pizza, which is Detroit style pizza. And it's really delicious. Yeah, we've gone there a couple times and we've never been disappointed. Um, you could also just go down Larimer Square in downtown and you know, there's pretty much nothing you could go wrong with on Larimer Square. There's You're just surrounded by restaurants on either side. Pick one, probably enjoy it. Yeah, Larimer Square was actually featured in Top Chef's Denver, Colorado um, mm -hmm. episode when they did that one and they had a challenge down here. It was yep. in Larimer Square. So, If you're looking for after-lunch activities, you can definitely hit up the Denver Art Museum. We love going there. It is a really cool art museum because, well, first of all, the building itself is a work, uh, of, art. work of art. Yeah. yeah, the structure is really cool. There are no right angles, so everything is very angular, and it's not like just a straight you know, building that's a square or rectangle. Yeah. Um, you can also hit up the Santa Fe Arts District, uh, especially the first Friday of each month. They have special displays and art uh, installations that they showcase. Moving on to dinner, we like to hit up Steuben's, which is this classic American food place. It's uh, in Uptown Denver, and you can get food like mac and cheese, Nashville hot fried chicken, and meatloaf. Um, they also have really yummy house-made black cherry soda. Ryan loves black cherry mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> and also serve their own kombucha. Yeah, they are a unique place. They've been around forever. Um, but it's like just good old food, good old classic food. Yeah, the history was actually really interesting because the um, son who owns it was from Boston. And uh, Steuben's actually came from Boston as it's like nightlife um, when they had the Rat Pack and everything like that. And so they brought a lot of the, that's what the vibe of it feels like, yeah, very 50s old school. And, and 60s, yeah. Uh -huh, and that's what a lot of the food that they serve is classic yeah. American. So a new one that has come up that we have recently found is uh, New Saigon. It's a Vietnamese place, and as a chef, I love to explore, and they have a lot of things for me to explore. They'll have options like, you know, normal things like uh, lamb and lobster and duck to kind of the more unconventional things like squid and frog legs and even snail. So we've recently found this. Delicious. I want to go back. I want to explore some more. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're definitely not leaving out all of the vegetarians here. We want to include a vegetarian option called Root Down. And they're best known for their veggie burger sliders and their carrot and Thai red curry soups. So this place is 
really it's pretty new but it's really good it's gotten a lot of great press already and they actually have a 4,000 square foot garden which is in the middle of denver where they grow 20 percent of their seasonal vegetables and as you can imagine a lot of more root vegetables that's why it's called root down <laughs> after dinner totally hit up saint ellie cocktail bar it offers seasonal cocktails along with wine and draft beer um it's a cool place to go and this wouldn't be a hashtag Colorado Life podcast without us mentioning Sweet Cow. I swear every time we yeah. always talk about dang Sweet Cow. Hey, Sweet Cow ice cream was one of the number th- one things that we t- when we talk to people about their recommendations, they always mention Sweet yeah. Cow. So we have to include it. Yeah, and as you've probably heard in the past, Sweet Cow, really good ice cream. They make it there, and they always have this rotating menu. I swear it's like every 15 days they have something new that they make. And a lot of their... Uh, ice creams are based off of breakfast cereals Mm-hmm. it's really delicious flavors um you should also try the hot fudge which is dark chocolate fudge which is really delicious and one of their homemade waffle cones mm-hmm. but if you're already full and you don't want to go out drinking anymore or get some ice cream depending on the season it's it'll be right there but go to a rockies a broncos or avalanche game those are all very easily accessible from any of the neighborhoods that we mentioned so the Rockies game is is baseball, mm-hmm. and then the Broncos is football, of course, and then the Avalanche is um, hockey. Hockey, yes, and ice hockey. If I had to pick one, that'd be the Avalanche game. Yeah, I love hockey. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a really iconic, you know, Colorado sport for sure. All right, so that pretty much uh, sums up our day one and day two, forty eight hours in Denver. But of course, at the end of every show, we like to end with a tip for finding free or affordable activities. So one thing that we did mention was visiting the Denver Mint, and um, I want to expand on that a little bit more. So visitors will learn about the history of the United States Mint and how coins are produced for the American public. It's a totally free guided tour, and then at the end, you can stop by the gift shop to check out unique memorabilia that's for sale, a lot of different quirky things there. Um, It's actually located on Colfax Avenue, which you talked about in your Mm -hmm. Square State Fact. Um, Tours run from Mondays through Thursdays, from 8 to about 3 o'clock, and the guided tour only lasts about 45 minutes, um, and it's totally free. So when I went there and checked it out, they also did not allow for um, purses or backpacks or anything to be brought in, no food or water or anything. So if you have a bunch of that with you, you may want to drop it off at the hotel and then come back so you can learn about money. Yeah, it is a fun, cool thing. I've never really been like financially minded or anything, but it's super fun. It's to, all history, yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's unique. And that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And to learn more about this episode and the resources that we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we'd love to hear what episodes you enjoy. Thank you again so much for listening. And if you end up visiting Denver for 48 hours, we would love to hear the places that you hit up and your recommendations. Definitely. You can chat with us over on Instagram at hashtag Colorado Life. That's the word hashtag spelled out, by the way. (laughs) And until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.